0: Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Megan Weezer to discuss the topic of getting toned versus getting strong, and why this language can oftentimes be misunderstood. Megan is a physio coach at ReCharge, a group fitness facility run by physical therapists in Ellicott City, Maryland. We have a great conversation about the stigma associated with women's strength training, the science behind improving body composition, and problems that exist in fitness marketing, especially towards women. We also discussed the value of setting performance goals over body weight goals and some of our favorite strategies to staying on track. This conversation was a fun one and left me feeling so excited about the future of women in fitness. Enjoy my conversation with Megan Weiser. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Megan, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, super pumped to chat with you. I've been following you on Instagram for a couple months now. I forget honestly how I even stumbled upon you. I think it might have been, uh, yeah, been related to an ice course.
1: Yeah, I think it might have been
0: related to an ice course. Okay. Um, classic. That's how I meet the coolest people that I connect with. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, really excited to kind of dive into this topic of talking about getting toned and what that really means. And after watching a YouTube video you made on it, um, which I'll definitely put in the description of this episode for listeners okay. to check out. Yeah. But I just, I loved it and I'm excited to kind of have that conversation today. But before we jump into that, can you kind of just tell listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So, um, hi, like, is this just record? Is this audio or is this also video?
0: Mostly audio, but I might start putting stuff on YouTube. So,
1: okay. Okay, cool. So talk to the camera also. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so hi, Megan Weezer. Uh, I'm a physical therapist. Um, I work in uh, Howard County, Maryland in, in Ellicott City yeah, at a place called Recharge. Um, and probably the best way to describe what this facility is, is picture a CrossFit-like gym. We're not affiliated with CrossFit. Um, we used to be. We were for like maybe the first year or two, but... Um, But we have we've been around for it'll be six years in May. So um, it's been a while since we've been affiliated with CrossFit. But if you picture like a CrossFit like gym, so like group classes, um, functional training, all of that high intensity, highly varied training um, it's all run by physical therapists. And there's three of us, me included. Um, me, Corey, and Jean, and uh, actually Corey's wife, Carrie, is going to start coaching again as well. She's a pelvic floor therapist, so that's a bit of a reductionist way to describe it. But if you get, so we do all our own programming here. Um, I typically oversee the programming, but it's a pretty collaborative approach. Um, we all coach the classes. So they group classes and then, um, we're also all still treating physical therapists. So, um, I think that's one element of confusion. Like they get excited. They see a gym that's run by PTs, but they don't actually know that we still are practicing PTs. Um, so I see patients as well, um, members and occasionally people outside of our membership as well. So,
0: Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I really envy that you're able to blend those two worlds because um, I'm a brand new physical therapist. I'm almost at six months into clinical practice and loving it. Um, But one thing that I'm realizing, especially working in sports PT is like, I love physical therapy. Don't get me wrong, but I really love fitness. So thinking about that opportunity of being able to do both is like super cool and something that um, I would love to get into in the future. So I love hearing that. now when you first started as a PT, is this something you got into right away? Or did you start in a more typical clinical setting full-time? Mm.
1: So I started in a, like a split acute care and outpatient position. I was at a hospital system uh, back in New Jersey. That's where I'm from originally. Um, and it was one of my clinical sites where I did my acute care rotation. And it was perfect for me as a new grad. Cause I was like bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like I got to use all of my skills. I was treating anything from like somebody who had a stroke or hip replacement, whatever I was on the telemetry floor for a really long time, actually, um, to like athletes in the outpatient side of things. So there was a big breadth of skills as a new grad, which I really liked because I didn't want to lose anything. Um, so I was there for almost two years before I got offered this job I met one of the former owners of recharge at an ice course um he used to teach for them and we were just like talking shop like the whole weekend and then like a month later he was like I think you might be a good fit here like is this something you would like to do and at the time I was really like um like I didn't picture typical PT being this way like I I didn't expect the the insurance hurdles and the coverage hurdles and um I think I kind of expected like not being one-on-one treatments for a little bit um but it, it just like I don't know I came to really like hate our typical healthcare system um So yeah, and I was offered this job and I came down for a quick interview and a workout and then I was formally offered it and I packed up my things. Well, first I got my CrossFit level one, then I packed up my things and moved down here (laughs) and I've been here ever since.
0: (laughs) Nice. How cool. What a cool story. And I always love hearing from people in the field about pivots that they make just to know that like there are other things out there beyond full-time high-volume clinical practice Mm -hmm. and Super cool that you have that diverse background, because I imagine that's really helpful in the position you're in now where you are training individuals who probably come from all different backgrounds of injuries and health problems and comorbidities. And what a cool way to have a medical understanding and also be able to be their fitness coach. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And realistically, like, you know, at a certain point outpatient or like sports or ortho PT should begin to look like training. Um, depending on that person's goals and, 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 you know, where they want to be. Um, but I don't know, that's kind of my view on like the, the bridging there's a, there's a huge gap as we know, between like the fitness and the PT world. Um, and I feel like this place has given me the opportunity to really like merge that. Um, yeah. so
0: yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. And one thing that I love to do with, with my patients that I work with right now is talk with them about fitness goals. Um, Of course, day one, bringing up like, what do you like to do for exercise or activity and just starting the conversation, but then it's more so session to session, week to week, being like, hey, so what will it look like for you to lose that weight do you wanna lose or gain that muscle or be able to do X, Y, and Z? And that kind of brings us into this topic today of one thing that so many patients say when I'm like, hey, what are your goals for yourself? Like, what does... Megan, six months from now look like so many people, especially women say, I want to be toned. <laughs> I want to be toned. And we've all said that. I mean, Hell I yeah. think back yep. to myself in college, like that's what every girl was like. Yeah. I'm doing my bicep curls with five pounds. Cause I'm going to tone up. And yeah. as we learn more about training and fitness, like a lot of this, this conversation around toning might not be what we think it is. So let's kind of dive into this, Megan. Where do you think this term toned came from? Like, what does that even mean? That's a really good
1: question. Um, I mean, I used to be one of those like fitness people who despised the word toned just for no reason at all. Um, And I like, it still doesn't rub me the right way, but I like, I know what people are saying when they ask or they say they're one of their goals is to become more toned. And I think- like my brain kind of goes to, it was probably just a word that the fitness world, um, the marketing fitness world kind of used to target women in becoming more muscular. Um, But the word muscular has its own like connotations, I feel like. Um, So that's my assumption as to where toned, like that word came from. Um, It's just where my brain goes in just seeing like the ads where like, Where they use that type of language, um. So, but I I don't know tip I don't know exactly where it came from. That's just where my brain kind of goes. Yeah, I feel like it was just like a marketing
0: ploy, like
1: let's tone up, but like no, really, you you want to become more muscular? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I totally hear that, and even to this day, like I'm a lot more confident in my body, in my physique now than I used to be. Yeah. Um, But I've always been a more just naturally muscular girl and growing up like in in high school and in early college it was a big insecurity of mine and there mm. was a big difference for me when somebody said like oh julie your arms look really toned look really toned versus somebody saying oh my god you look so muscular like when somebody told me i looked muscular and honestly this this subconscious thought kind of still exists I kind of want to like curl up into a ball and like put my sweatshirt on and like hide it. It's triggering a little. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason when people would say tone, I'm like, Oh dang. So it's, it's interesting that that's kind of embedded. Um, But like you said, yeah, that look that we're looking for, or a lot of people are looking for is muscle mass. So when we think about like these toning workouts that we tend to see, do you feel like there are any specific problems with like, dosage wise or intensity wise like what are these marketing things kind of putting out compared to what we really should be focusing on to get that more muscular physique
1: i think um like i think a lot of the language or the like the typical programs that you see marketed toward providing a toned look right like claiming that those are the results you're going to get they're typically very underdosed Um, in terms of like strength training and stuff. So like that toned look, like you said, it's really essentially what it is, is decreased fat mass and increased muscle mass. Now, like we do, there is a layer of like you, like needing to decrease fat mass, but I think it's fair to say that almost everybody on this planet needs some level of strength training, um, regardless of aesthetics goals, um, right? When you're thinking about like, bone mineral density, um, BMR, like just general, like bone and tissue health overall. And like from a mortality risk, right. Thinking from like the seniors, um, like being able to get up off the floor is a sign of mortality risk. And it's because that being able to get up off the floor correlates to overall strength. Same thing with the grip strength thing. Like there's that kind of floated around the PT world for a little while. I think it still is. Um, And it's not wrong, but I think it's less of grip strength specifically and more that grip strength correlates to overall body strength. Um, so all that to say, like the, the programs that I've seen, um, marketing toward, you know, we'll get you toned in 30 days or whatever. Um, nothing happens in 30 days, but anyway, (laughs) um, they're typically underdosing people, um in terms of like the strength training side of things and it, it's more when I say under dosing I mean they're typically things that like it's a lot of, a lot of times I've seen it as like calisthenics like things you can do in your living room and that'll get you like depending on where you are in your in your fitness journey right for somebody like very new that probably is a really great way to get them started um in terms of building some muscle mass but there's a ceiling to that right like there's you can there's it's not even like a plateau. I don't think it. like, you can only do so much um, in your living room. <laughs> you need yeah. load, you need progressive loading. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. And that's one of the things I think that we see commonly. And as physical therapists, we have such a privilege as providers, when people do come into a clinical setting to potentially be the ones to have these conversations. And oftentimes when people say like, I've been doing this workout program for three months or six months or a year, and I'm not seeing any progress. I think that's a big thing is um, a lot of people just don't understand that concept of progressive overload and actually like adapting your training as you get stronger and doing the same like CD disc workout in your living room of reverse lunges at a certain point. Like you said, it's just, it's going to have a ceiling. Right. And Another um, thing that came to mind when you were talking about the grip strength study, which I agree that got blasted out. And I think it's, it's great, but there was actually a specific patient of mine. um, She's like 48 or 49 year old woman. And she heard about it. And she's like, Julie, I saw that. Like, if you make your grip stronger, like you're less likely to get sick. Like, how can I make my grip stronger? (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) you're right. Exactly. I was like, any kind of straight tree, whatever. We went into the whole conversation, but it was eye-catching because people saw that and they're like, Great, all I have to do is train my grip. Yeah. But it's really what's going on outside of that.
1: Yeah. And yeah. um,
0: one of the quotes I love that I I say a lot, and I don't know who said this or where I heard it from, but it's that muscle is the organ of longevity. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And again, it's backed by by research, especially over the last few years when they've done it all their really- studies. Like muscle mass is going to make you resilient against anything and everything um, that happens to us. So Megan, another thing with this whole, like when we talk about progressive overload, lifting weights, I imagine you have some people come into your gym who maybe don't have a lot of experience with that. And specifically women who are looking for that toned look. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had somebody be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to get too bulky. I don't want (laughs) to get too muscular. How do you navigate that?
1: So I'm, I'm lucky to say that I haven't seen a lot of that recently. A lot of the people who come in here and even just specifically women, they're just like, they feel like they need to do more. And, um, like, I think most of the women who come in here at first, they have a layer of wanting to make aesthetic changes, which is okay. But I typically try to shift the conversation to like, that's another thing with these like tone programs or whatever, or even just like programs targeted toward women. It's they're almost always about changing the shape of our bodies or like how much space we take up in this world. Um, It's not about like, get your first pull up or deadlift two times your body weight kind of thing. Like it's, it's about the way you, they're more often than not targeted toward like aesthetic changes, which again are fine. Like, and and it's okay to want that, but the, the marketing ploys, I think like kind of dumbed down women's intelligence in a way. And it's like, you can only want to work out if you want to change the way you look, not because you want to be a badass and be capable of a lot of things. Um,
0: So I feel like I derailed on your question a little bit. No, Um, no, that's that's such a good point. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll jump in there. And that's another thing I think about all the time is I think somebody having a more physique based goal or a look in mind or 10 years ago, I used to do body pump and I loved how I looked like, I think that's a great place to start. That could be a catalyst for getting somebody into the routine. But like you said, when we think long-term and like, what is this really all for? Shifting towards that more performance-based mindset is so powerful, mm-hmm. but a lot of people just don't see that in the beginning because they quite frankly, don't care. Like, yeah, like you and I are like two times body weight deadlift, let's yeah. go. That. <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of not until somebody starts to do those things that then that spark happens. So I think it's also, it takes a little bit of humility as a coach, as a therapist to like not throw that in their face right away sure, let's start with the physique stuff, but then sprinkle in little bits here and there of like, all right, let's go body weight for five reps today and and celebrate those wins so hard. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully that person will shift towards that performance-based mindset and that'll be more sustainable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, so like when somebody does come in and they say like, I don't really want to bulk up kind of thing, you go through the whole spiel, not the whole spiel, but like you talk about how, well, one, I think, that message to women, just like lifting weights won't make you bulky, just needs to go away. Like it still has a focus inadvertently on how a woman's going to look because of them making a healthy life's change. Right. So, um, you know, saying lifting weights with the side of you won't be bulky kind of needs to get rid of the side here, you know? Um, but so we talk through, like I've talked through one, it just, you know, first of all, that look, whatever that look means to you, which I think can vary definition wise is very subjective. Um, it takes a really long time and a lot of consistency and a consistency and a lot of, um, lifting and calories to make that change. Um, but going back to like shifting, trying to shift the, they're planting those seeds of like, shifting the focus toward more um, performance-based goals. I think what people don't realize is the amount of training or the type of training that you need to do to hit those performance goals are going to elicit aesthetic goals um, or aesthetic changes, right? More than likely in the direction that you want them to. And then there's also a layer of like having a poor body image is not – Correlated to like, I don't think having a poor body image helps you achieve goals. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's coming. You can't hate yourself into making achievements. If that makes sense? Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's it's super true. And like we said, like having aesthetic goals and having performance based goals can coexist, and it for doesn't sure. hurt for them to. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of people, and I think like CrossFit. And the growth of CrossFit has done a great job in starting to shift this narrative of like strong women should be celebrated and there is nothing to be ashamed of. And, you know, since I started the job I'm currently in, I actually work inside of a CrossFit gym, which mm-hmm. I love oh, cool. because that environment of having all of these humans around me that are truly going for performance goals. And like you said, is a secondary side effect, if you will, yeah. but also getting the physique that they want. Um, but it's helped me so much with my confidence because I'm surrounded by women who are celebrating this stuff, and it makes me be like, oh, I I do want to lift heavy weights, like I do want to do these things, and if I get muscular in the process, great, like that's a good thing. And I think of some of the big time CrossFit athletes now, um, like Danny Spiegel, right? Like her whole image right now is just like. I am big and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like it's okay to and be and I'm big. great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm <laughs> badass. Like let's yeah. let's see more of that. And you know, I can't speak to what things were like 10, 15, 20 years ago because I it's just not relevant to me at my age. Right. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that things are are definitely heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I definitely see things heading in the right direction. And I don't know if it's just because I've, you know, curated my social media feeds and surrounded myself with people who can are, are open to like different perspectives and stuff like that. Um, but I do, I agree. I think it's shifting in the right direction. Um, you said something that made me I had, a, had a little epiphany, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but anyway, I, like there's something to be said about, like when you feel good in your own skin, it makes you a little bit more confident. So they like you said, I think it's, it's, it's okay to have aesthetic goals, I think you just have to kind of give yourself a little bit of grace in that, like, okay, wow, I am getting a little bit of a six-pack here, or ooh, I can see my bicep popping here, but also, but have that more as like you know, little positives, little wins along the way to this bigger picture of like, I just want to be well-rounded and really capable as hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've seen a few things on social media floating around lately that are along the lines of. Um, like compliments that you can give that aren't based on looks. Hmm. And I I can't really remember exactly what some of them are, but it's like, especially in the health and fitness space, we, when we compliment somebody and it's usually from a, a genuine well-intended place, oftentimes okay. we pick physical things like, oh, you're looking thinner or like, Hey, your biceps look great today. And I catch myself doing that a lot because I just love hyping people up and I love seeing people get stronger. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying to be more intentional, especially in the gym that I work in of, instead of being like, Hey, Karen, your arms look great today. Being like, Hey, Karen, that overhead press of 75 pounds, like that was badass. crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, I it's, it's hard to do because it's my brain naturally just looks at the physique because it's like, that's how we're wired. Um, But having this conversation is reminding me like, okay, let's start to point out those more performance based things and just throwing those nuggets in there like might help shift that person's focus and mindset as well
1: yeah agreed because you never know like if you're commenting on somebody's like physique from like oh you're you look like you lost weight or oh you look thinner or, you're looking really good like you don't you may be complimenting their recent like divorce or breakup you know what i mean like that weight loss could be as a result of something really traumatizing in their life um, yeah. so yeah, I, yeah. I, I catch myself doing the same thing All and it'll even be something like, Oh, you look Jack today. And I'm like, Oh uh-huh. shit, I probably shouldn't <laughs> have said that.
0: <laughs> that was, that was jacked still to this day is the most triggering word for me. And like I said, I'm, I'm so much more confident, especially in getting into CrossFit mm-hmm. with all of this stuff. Um, but it's so, it's so funny how like our like childhood, interactions like influence this stuff like I totally vividly remember and this is a little bit of an embarrassing vulnerable story but I remember when I was like 14 a freshman in high school I didn't do any working out I just played sports but I was just a a muscular girl and there was this boy in my grade and he like spread this rumor about me that he saw me at the gym bench pressing 135 pounds and I was like I don't even know what a bench press is I I freaked (laughs) out I got all like upset. And like all these people were like, oh yeah, Julie bench presses. And like, it killed me. And I laugh thinking back because I'm like, now yeah, you're like I, like, I wish I could bench press thirty <laughs> five. Yeah. Like I celebrate that now, but that word, those words like jacked and ripped and all this stuff, like were so negative to me because I wanted to not stand out in that way. Yeah. Um, well, they were kind whatever. of
1: weaponizing something that like really could have been very positive, but they weren't utilizing it in a positive way. Either. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, but no, it is really cool to to be able to have those conversations and be able to have people who mirror like working towards those performance goals um, is really where we should be be placing our emphasis and where so much power can happen. And kind of on this topic of like getting stronger, just improving your fitness.
2: If you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early, and home late, so having a 3-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash grit. That's drinkag1.com slash grit. Check it out.
0: Over in your programming at Recharge, do you kind of do this with like a mixed modality approach? Are you doing mostly compound stuff? Is there some isolation stuff? Like what are your, what's your approach with that? We do kind of a good mix of things. So like uh,
1: any day you walk in here more times than not, Um, I mean, unless it's like a specific conditioning day we're doing, there's going to be one big compound lift, at least, at least one big compound lift. Um, And then a lot of times we will do like little isolation stuff to like superset. Like the other day we superset calf raises um, because we're also, you know, we're going to start working toward running prep and jump roping and stuff like that. Well, we do do jump roping now. Um, So, or we'll, we'll superset like And Toba Rose, like the little like bodybuilding bro stuff. Um, so we have a little bit of that. And then typically we finish the class with some type of metabolic conditioning. Um, whether it's, you know, one long thing and just it's boring, but we know it's good for you. Um, that's the other thing with like group classes, you kind of have to program it so that it's it's entertaining um, and not just like boring. Um, although some days they would probably tell us it was boring, but we know it's good for them. Um, (laughs) so, but you'll see like a lot. So sometimes it's really short sprinty things. Other times it's longer conditioning days. Um, we program in, in cycles. So like, and the cycle starts with a test week and it ends with those same workouts. We retest them and we separate those tests into, um, we have like a short, like like glycolytic sprint day, which is like five minutes or less kind of thing. Um, Then we've got like a weightlifting day where we'll test a bunch of maxes, then we'll do like a medium length day. So like think 12 to 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, And then like a very long day, like 30 ish minutes conditioning wise, that one's kind of hard to program for a group setting. Um, And then a body weight gymnastic kind of thing. So we kind of test all those modalities and then of those skills, we kind of lump them all together and program ways to get better at them and stronger at them and improve those fitness systems throughout like the 10 to 12 weeks of the cycle when we retest them again.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love to hear that. It's a pretty widely varied um, approach to fitness because that's really what it should be and what's going to give us the most benefit. I mean, I might be a little bit biased as a a CrossFitter now, Um, (laughs) but that's super cool. And, you know, another thing, Thinking about this conversation around toning and um, creating physique changes, another confusion, I think, or question that people have is if they want to target a specific area of their body, you know, like you've got like the women who are like, oh, I've got like the flab under my arms. Like I Mm -hmm. want to get rid of that. Or my thighs are too big. I want them to be smaller. What are your thoughts on targeting specific areas when it comes to body composition and physique? Yeah. So, uh you can't like spot reduce
1: fat tissue. Like um like the, you know, getting rid of the the ta- the extra tissue on on your thighs or the back of your triceps, that it just comes from a global like weight loss kind of thing. So, put simplistically, even though it's not this simplistic, your calories in should not exceed your calories out kind of thing. Um and that just comes from like losing fat tissue over time. So you can't pick where you're going to lose fat tissue, but you can pick where you're going to like put your focus in terms of like building strength or building muscle tissue for hypertrophy. So like for the person who, you know, the back of the arms, like more tricep work um, and then, you know, more squats or, or quad specific work for, for the thighs. Um because like in, in the toning conversation, right. Like a lot of the programs are geared toward more calisthenics, like like more cardio esque things, which you need, right. Like that look is fat loss and and muscle gain. Um, so there's a layer of that, but you also need the muscle buildup. Like once you lose that fat tissue, you're not just automatically going to have like triceps of steel or like a six pack. The muscles are not just going to be defined hiding underneath of all this fatty tissue. You know what I mean? Um, so building up the resilience and, and like the tension within those, those muscle groups, you can, you can choose that for sure, but you can't pick and choose where you're going to lose fat tissue. That's just, that comes down to like genetics and lifestyle and, and whatnot. Um, but that doesn't mean all hope is lost, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love what you mentioned about when you start to lose weight, you're not just going to like uncover these muscles underneath most likely. Um, so we also need to make sure that the exercise you're doing that strength training, that weightlifting is challenging enough to actually stimulate muscle growth and muscle hypertrophy. And I think that's where the power of working with a coach really comes in Um, in a setting like with you guys at recharge or, you know, with a trainer or somebody experienced where a lot of us, especially women, we have so many like self-limiting beliefs around fitness and what we're capable of. And, you know, you might grab the 10 pound dumbbells to do bicep curls when you really could do 20 for Mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of reps. And so I think that's another place that a lot of us um, kind of see slow progress because we're not truly maximizing our muscles ability to perform. Do you see that often in your, in your setting where, you know, you're encouraging people to add more weight on the bar because they just simply underestimate their own strength.
1: Yep. All the time, all the time. I've like two women who come to mind one, she's a runner by nature and runners typically like in my experience, like they just tend to go lighter because their sport is, is long and it's, 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 um, it's not heavy, right? It's like long and repetitive versus like when we're doing, I don't know, five sets of three deadlifts. I'm like, add more weight, girl, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't feel like you could do 10 more after this, at this dosage and at this context. Um, and then somebody else, the other person that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about that, she, some of her hesitancy comes from previous injuries, which is, you know, like that adds a layer of fear. And, you know, if you're not confident in a way you're going to move, you're not really going to get stronger in that movement. So, so a, portions of it for her have been working through like, Hey, your shoulder's not going to pop out of its socket. That did happen one time, but it's like, that was a, a fluke kind of thing. Um, but she's kind of gotten over a lot of the fear portion of it. And, and she's, I think what a lot of people struggle with is, um, like, let's say the workout is like four rounds for time or something like that. And everybody wants to get it done as quickly as possible, which is great. But like, if you go a little bit heavier and it takes you a little bit longer, like that's still a progression, but still improvement. Um, so I think people stru- kind of struggle with defining to them what progress can look like, um, but I'm constantly telling people, I'm like, add more weight on there. Like you can do it. And then more often than not, they're totally fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And sometimes it just takes that little push or that little bit of encouragement from somebody else. And this has happened to me too. Like we just, we want to play it safe. You know, we want to, um, make sure that we can do the five reps or the eight reps or whatever's prescribed. One of the things I spoke with, um, I had Zach long on the podcast recently and oh, we, yeah, we were talking about how, you know, underdosing is obviously very common in physical therapy practice, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Right. And a lot of times, like, especially with an inexperienced person in the weight room, you want to start a little bit lighter so that you don't kill them with soreness and they come back. Or scare them away. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like we've also all been there where we've maybe overdosed the patient and we're like, okay, let's take it down. Um, But one thing I told him that I'm loving with my setting right now is, the kettlebells that we have in the clinic are like, you know, really like gritty kettlebells, and the weight is etched into the weight um, and it's in kilos. So, like, people have like the, the average person who doesn't go to the gym no does not concept. know how much it weighs. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, of course, safely, but with a client who's a little bit more nervous to lift weight, I'll grab a kettlebell and I'll say, all right, let's go eight reps here and then go to this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when a client asked me, how much does that weigh? I'm like, I'll tell you after but let's yeah. <laughs> try it. because, and then afterwards, after they do that, I'm like, Kim, that was 53 pounds. Yep. And she's like, oh my God. And all of a sudden that confidence goes from here to here. And now she's going to grab that weight, like no problem. So it's, and then the, the other thing Zach mentioned, he's like, don't try this at home, but I've seen this happen on Instagram where this is more like, like bros in the gym. They're doing this like garbage bag challenge where one, they're, like when they're maxing, right? So okay. one dude will leave. Another dude will set up his weights and put a garbage bag over it so that he can't see how much is on the bar. Oh so God. like the garbage bag is over and then he'll hit it. And they're seeing that these dudes are getting like huge PRs because they're not seeing how much is actually on the bar. Oh
1: my God. Don't
0: try that. Wouldn't recommend. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. No, but <laughs> can't you just picture like the meathead gym bros being like, let's go.
1: Like, yeah, yep. <laughs> Definitely. It's funny you say that about that one client. So I did that with my seniors when I first started having them do a little bit more because I run the senior strong program here too. Um, and I remember they were like, how much is this way? And I was like, I'm not telling you. And they trusted. I mean, I was at a point where like, you know, they trusted me enough course, to know like course. there's already the buy-in built there. They know I wasn't going to do something that was unsafe for them, but they were all like, how much does this weigh? And I was like, I'm not telling you. And it was like the 70 pound kettlebell or something or 62 or something like that. And I was like, you guys are all stronger than you think you are self-limiting
0: here. <laughs> totally. And aren't those the coolest moments when you just see somebody realize, wow, I did that, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, it really is. It's super empowering on both sides of it.
0: Oh, totally. I, that energy, I just feed right off of that energy and and take it into my own training too. Yeah. Now, Megan, two more questions I want to kind of ask you here as we wrap up Mm -hmm. on this topic of building strength, improving health, improving fitness. I imagine you're also educating your members about some other kind of lifestyle considerations. I would love if you just threw in um, kind of a couple of key things that you educate people on. It's not just about what's happening in the gym but what other things are important too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um I am in the I'm towards the end of finishing up my precision nutrition level 1. So, um some of my conversations kind of revolve around that a little bit um in terms of uh like fueling adequately. Um and not even just in the context of like pre post workout, like just overall. Um, cause we, we all, pro- at least, at least for the group that I work with, I don't, I don't think this is true for, you know, America. Um, but most of the people in here are likely under fueling, um, and don't realize what a few more calories or carbs or protein would, would do for them. Um, and then the other side of it we talk about is like, like a sleep and stress balance kind of thing. Like I've had people who have come in to work out for the 6am class and, you know, after chatting with them, um, cause I try to, you know, like you have conversations with these people, um, and have like collisions throughout each of the classes. Um, and I'll find out that they got four hours of sleep and they're close to being laid off at their job or something, something like, like horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing. And I'm like, why don't you like movement? Yes. Is good. But maybe today's not the best day to do like a Metcon of cleans and thrusters and pull-ups and, you know, um, why don't you just cruise control on the bike for a little bit? And I've also like, like I've had people get emotional in the middle of a workout and I can like tell they're off and I've, you know, set them off to their own little like corner and, set them up with something like lower level, just to kind of get some continuous movement. Um, So in terms of like the, the other stuff, like outside of the one hour that people spend here, a lot of the conversations that I have revolve around like adequate fuel, managing stress and, you know, getting decent sleep. Um, Sleep is probably the least like it's probably the most important one, but I feel like I talk about it the least because I don't think people realize they, they need it as much as they do, but the stress and the the fuel piece come up quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So powerful that you get to have those conversations and props to you as a coach that you are able to pick out those people in the crowd who maybe need a little bit of an adjustment today, or, or that you're mm-hmm. able to recognize that mental side of performance because it is so important. And you know one thing that i do sometimes when and i'm not perfect at it i imagine this will get better as i get more experience but when you kind of recognize that that person is a little bit off um of course asking them about it but a, mm-hmm. a question that i learned to ask is like on a scale of 1 to 10 how energized do you feel today like how much effort do you feel like you have in the tank today and sometimes people will be like honestly i'm at like a 5 yeah. and i'll say great give me the best 5 out of 10 you can but don't feel like you need to go beyond that you know but like give me that 5 i like that and yeah and i feel like sometimes people just need to be heard and we've all been there yes and sometimes yeah. it's it's hard because you know when you're not okay and somebody's like are you okay and you're like
1: fuck no, you're like don't ask me no <laughs>
0: <laughs> so like you always want to approach a person with grace but even yeah, like just making that little adjustment of like, Hey, let's do this. Or, Hey, if you need to take it easy, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Cause I think people in a, in a group setting, the powerful thing about it is you've got people around you to encourage you and you want to be competitive, but also that's the struggle sometimes is like, well, shit, I want to show up too. And yeah, you know, I don't want to half-ass this either. Um, so that's, that's great that you're kind of recognizing that. And I love that you also are taking your precision nutrition, cert. That's a goal of mine. And, um that a lot of people in the gym are underfueling. Yeah. And I agree with you and especially people who are new to training like consistent training, you think about that increase in metabolic demands like Yeah. A lot of people are nervous to to eat more and sometimes I've said to people like hey, you might have to eat more than you're comfortable eating. Like I've been in stages of life where I'm I was more on track with tracking my food and mm-hmm. getting 135 grams of protein and like that shit was hard. Like I was yeah. eating when I wasn't hungry. Um yep. yeah. So having those conversations is is definitely important cuz a lot of us just don't know those things. Right.
1: It, well it seems counterintuitive too, right? Like people typically um maybe not even typically, but a lot of people like a common reason for getting started to work out is because they want to lose weight or they want to, you know, become smaller. Um so it takes a little bit of unlearning I think of a lot of what we've been told for so long in that, like, like, wait, I have to eat more. Like, yeah, your body has to use something to do what you want it to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One more question for you, Megan, as you go through this process with clients, I imagine you have some who have been, been with you for a while and going on any kind of fitness journey typically is a long game because as you meet those goals, you set new goals and you just keep going. And one of the hardest things is staying on track. Mm -hmm. What kinds of things do you talk to clients about or just do you have any strategies for um, staying on track and and not getting too wrapped up in, um, you know, the problems that come up along the way?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of times we, so the, the fact that there's going to be problems is inevitable. Like it's gonna, it's just the degree of which, you will hit those problems. So, um, we did a podcast similar to this, this, this topic where we kind of talked about like, um, the struggles that we hit, uh, in our journey being labeled as like a roadblock or like a speed bump kind of thing. Um, certain ones, you kind of just gotta, they derail you a little bit, but you keep on moving forward versus like a roadblock, like, okay, turn around, take a different route. Like this is a pretty big one kind of thing. Um, but i i tend to put the focus more on like like i think where people get caught up is the goals that they're making or or what they're attaching themselves to within the goals are more like the outcome not like the behaviors to reach that outcome um so like example i want to you know lose 10 pounds or something like that right um the behaviors that you have to put in place to do that you know, going to the gym consistently, strength training consistently, eating more vegetables, staying hydrated, getting seven to nine hours of sleep at night, like those kinds of little behaviors, which are very boring. Right. And they're things that you have to do every single day. And they're the things that are going to make the biggest impact, but like take up like 1% of your time, I guess. Um, so I, I, I tell people to kind of focus a little bit more on on those little wins, like the little the behaviors as opposed to like the outcomes. Because like once like you said, like our goals kind of compound on each other. So like once you hit one outcome, it's not like okay, I have no more goals anymore. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) So (laughs) um (laughs) focusing more on like, you know, the hitting make your goals the little daily tasks and activities um, and pat yourself on the back for hitting that. Like, okay, I did hit the gym three times this week. Good job. Like you hit that goal. That goal is going to get you to this other big goal. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just like falling in love with that process and enjoying that process and recognizing that it is going to be hard, but nothing that's easy has ever really made us stronger. So, Mm -hmm. um, celebrating that. And I was listening to a podcast recently about, you know, new year's goals and kind of like, how once we kind of hit this point in the year, people start to fall off and whatnot. And one of the things that this girl was saying, this was just her opinion, but I kind of liked it was like this concept of like romanticizing your life and your routine. Mm -hmm. She's like, hear me out here. Like if your goal is something around fitness and you want to get to the gym and you want to meal prep food, like make it fun, like get those cute workout clothes that like you are excited to put on and like wear Mm -hmm. that shit and like post the selfie and like get your cute little meal prep containers that make you happy. Like it doesn't have to be this like gritty discipline, like don't have fun, like life should suck sort of vibe. It can be like find ways to make it fun, find people to to do it with. Yeah. Um and I, I like really that. agree.
1: Yeah. You know, I like, like that a it, lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was it was a cool tip. And one last thing here that came to mind when you were saying um things are gonna happen, problems are gonna happen. And I gave so much props to Ice for really shedding a light on this. And one of the things that um mitch babcock said was like the consequences of fitness are always going to be better than the consequences of sickness like yes yeah like pursuing health and wellness isn't easy and musculoskeletal injury isn't really preventable Mm quote-unquote like like we're just not seeing super strong correlations but that doesn't mean that we should avoid exercise. And, um, I saw, I think I saw you listen to Jeff on the CrossFit podcast recently. Mm-hmm. And, I haven't was,
1: listened to that yet. I did. Oh, okay. That, but yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: I, everybody I follow was sharing it. So I guess I just put you in that bucket, but <laughs> it was super good. And one of the things he talked about was when we're taking humans from sickness to fitness and we're traveling along that continuum, they're going to bump into soreness or musculoskeletal pain at some point, and what a cool position that you are in, that you are on that continuum with the human. And when they get a little bump in the road, you're here for it and you can yeah. deescalate the situation. Um, and I think people should know that, like expect that stuff, not in the sense of being afraid of it, but when it does happen, seek the right help and stay on track and do what you need to do. Because yeah. dealing with those things is always going to be better than the consequences of not pursuing fitness.
1: Fully agree. You kind of have to zoom out and like picture it as a long game, right? Like, okay, if you have to take a week off because, you know, something horrible happened in your life, like that's, that's one week out of like what we hope is going to be like 50 years. Like it's, it's give yourself a little grace in that, like, as long as you come back or, you know, you're doing something that moves you 1% in the right direction. Um, that's, that's kind of from I started, I've been listening to Atomic Habits by James Clear and I love it. Um, I actually might buy the hard copy because it, like, I kind of want to go back and like highlight things, but um, that like 1% in the right direction, I think came from him. Um, it might've come from another book I've, I've, I've seen, but, um, you know, do anything that will move you in that direction. Even if that means like going for a walk or shortening your workout to 20 minutes instead of the 60 minutes you initially planned, like your body does not know what, you were intending on doing, it's only going to respond to the, the stimulus you give it or the stimuli you give it. So give it the right stimulus. <laughs> yeah. And make yeah. like on the, along the lines of like, where you were talking about like the cute little like meal prep containers and the new workout clothes and like making it fun. Like take, take the need for you having to have like this willpower out of it, like make your good habits easier to achieve by creating the environment to do that. And I think that kind of stuff does Um, getting excited to like meal
0: prep and, and
1: put on these new sneakers and et cetera. So,
0: yeah,
1: 100%.
0: I love all of that and would highly recommend buying atomic habits because it does look great on a shelf and it is a cool (laughs) yeah i was i had like one audible credit before
1: i like canceled my membership and i was like all right i'll listen to this i've been meaning to and i was like huh i think i need the hard copy of this yeah
0: (laughs) a lot of great nuggets and some really cool like visual diagrams in there too so i think you would enjoy it
1: yeah i think Um, i would too
0: So Megan, I got one final question for you as we wrap up here that all of my guests receive here on the podcast Okay. (laughs) at the goal, set mindset podcast. We're centered around pursuing high achievement with passion, perseverance, and performance. I would love to hear what a personal goal is that you have right now and how you're working towards it. Mm,
1: Okay. Um, so first one that comes to mind is this year, I want to read 24 books. And that just came from, I want to hit two books a month, roughly like on average, um, and so that, but like from a performance perspective, I've been looking at like 10 miler races. I don't know why I'm not really a runner, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a Baltimore 10 miler in June. And then there's the army 10 miler. I want to say in October, I don't know if I'll do both, but I do want to do at least one of them just because races are kind of fun in there outside of my typical world, like CrossFit world. Um, and like you know, it's always good to be more cardio cardiovascularly fit. So so I think I'm gonna do that. And typically, um when I when I sign up for something like that, um, because it is not unlike me for to me, for me to impulsively sign up for a race or a competition, I'll set aside like 10 to 12 weeks and put in my calendar um What I'm going to do, whether it's like, okay, weight train for, for this, like maybe a run specific, like strength train thing, or I'll put in like long run, short run, or like I'll establish like how often I want to set aside time during the week to, um, move toward that goal. And then I'll put it in the calendar and, you know, as it gets closer, ramp things up. And then as it gets super, super close, ramp things down a little bit. So my body can kind of rest before the actual event.
0: So, nice. Yeah, I love that. Definitely keep me posted on if you decide to sign up for one. Okay. Um, I have done the Scranton half marathon when I was in Scranton for school five years okay. in a row. Damn. And I mentioned that because I also definitely do not identify as a runner. I am naturally a much more strength dominant athlete. Mm-hmm. And every time I did the half marathon, I would be like, why do I do this to myself because <laughs> it hurts so bad. But there's nothing like that race experience and kind of that that shared struggle, but also just that energy. Um, and I know that there's a ton in the Baltimore area, especially as the spring and summer approaches. So Mm -hmm. keep me updated. I would love to maybe jump into one of those with you. Yeah, uh, let's do it together. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be super cool. Way out of my comfort zone at this stage in my life, but something that (laughs) for that for that reason uh would be great to do. Yeah. Awesome. So uh Meg, I would love if you could share where listeners can. Follow you, reach out to you, um, or if anybody's local, can find out more about recharge.
1: Yeah. So, um, as far as the recharge stuff goes, we are, our handle is at rechargexfit on Instagram and we have a YouTube channel. I think it's also under recharge Um We are in Elk city, Maryland um, over in like the Dorsey search area. You can also just come by and visit. Um, and then me, I am, it's kind of a long handle, but it's at, you could, if you could search my first and last name, I think I would probably pop up on either both Facebook and Instagram, but my Instagram handle is at physio. So that's me. I'm love it. Most active on Instagram. So
0: yeah. Awesome. I will uh, have all of that info in the description of the episode. If people want to check it out, Megan, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This conversation really made me excited and uh, I can't wait to come and hang out with you at recharge sometime.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited. This is fun.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the goal set mindset podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Megan and are excited to switch your focus from getting toned and staying small to getting strong and celebrating performance goals. If you're enjoying the show, I would love if you left a rating or review on your favorite platform and subscribed so you never miss an episode. You can also hit me up on Instagram at goalsetmindset JB and I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, we will be back next week with another episode.